We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. What's up, guys? This is the Uncontested Podcast, covering the Oklahoma City Thunder. This podcast is ran by Jacob, Nick, Justin, Taylor, and Kamiar. Listen to future episodes on your favorite podcast streaming service, like iTunes or Spotify. And don't forget to leave a five-star rating. This is Ludor. You're listening to the Uncontested What is up? Welcome to the Uncontested Podcast for the Blue Wire Podcast Network, the official podcast of BoomtownHoops.com. We are coming to you live after the Thunder vs. Bucks. Uh, surprisingly, the Thunder win tonight, Thunder vs. Bucks. I'm your host, Jacob Niffin. We have a full squad here for you tonight. We've got Nick Crane. I had a couple listeners reach out and ask me to give Taylor crap about the Chiefs on this podcast. So that's what I'm Unbelievable. That, uh, <laughs> hey, I'm into it, man. We have Taylor Peterson along tonight. Just thankful I have power still, to be honest. <laughs> we have Kamiar Moravian. Man, I just shoveled some more snow off my doorstep because it's like stacking up on the door. This is like some straight BS. I'm very unhappy with this Arctic <laughs> hey, blast. At least we don't have school tomorrow, right? I mean, like, what am I going to do? Wish I was outside. Yeah. I don't know. I'm going to sit on my ass and watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I'm pretty excited about it. Yeah, and joining us, special guest for the first half of the podcast tonight, our Blue Wire brethren, Ty Windish of the Eurostep podcast, covers the Milwaukee Bucks. Ty, how's it going, man? I'm good. You know, I don't think I can ever come on one of your post-game pods again, at least after a Thunder Bucks game, after how this one went for my Bucks. But I got to say, like, the intro music got me hyped, the little graphic that says my name. Like, I'm all about it. Like, I'm all the way bounced back from the post-loss despondency. I think that's a word. I think I said it right. But all this to say, I'm okay. To be fair, I mean, maybe it's like the earth, it's correcting itself after Giannis stepped out of bounds that one year. And then, okay, so he lost. 
you know what? I can't even argue. Like it was such a he was so clearly out of bounds, and I just I still can't believe to this day with the all the replay team. they've put in, nothing was done about that. That was one of the wildest ends to a game. But I suppose you oh, know yeah. what? You're right. And uh, not much has changed for Oklahoma City. Back then, had Josh Hustis guarding Giannis on Kumpo <laughs> tonight, throwing Isaiah Roby on him. God. Just no named guys trying to guard the uh, the two time MVP. I'm into it, man. The two time, one time MVP, two time defensive player of the year. I had that backwards. My bad. No, you had now. Well, guys, you, now you had it backwards. Oh shit! I'm an idiot. Yeah, <laughs> you did right the first time. I just yeah. he's so good at defense that I thought he won def- double defensive player of the year. Let's dive into this one, guys. The Thunder surprisingly sneak out a 114 to 109 win against the Bucks in a game that at the end of the first quarter, at the end of halftime did not feel like either team was going to get to 100 points. That first half was some ugly, ugly basketball. Uh, it was it was kind of tough to watch. Uh, it was kind of like watching a YMCA game in a way. Just neither team could make a bucket. But then they both come out in the third quarter uh, just lighting the world on fire. Uh, since Ty is our guest, we will be gracious hosts. And let's start off talking about um, some things from the Bucks. Uh, Ty, what did you see from the Bucks tonight that you liked? What are some things? Bucked on a three-game losing streak now. What are some stuff that has you a little concerned about Milwaukee moving forward here as we approach the midway point of the season? Yeah, first time they've lost three straight games all season. I think playoffs aside, they've very, very rarely done that since adding Budenholzer. It's unfortunate. I had to say playoffs aside when it comes to three-game losing streaks, but they <laughs> usually do have one of those. Um, but, yeah, it's um, – I mean, first to up front, it's always important to note, like, the absence of Drew Holiday has really done a number on this team, but you can't use that as an excuse when you go down against the Oklahoma City Thunder without – is it Shea or Shy? Shea. Shea, that's what I thought. I, I don't know why I always second-guess that. Without Shea Gildas-Alexander, I mean, no disrespect. This is a game that the Bucks should be without Drew and Chris, and he did play, but like they should be without both of those guys and be able to handle this Thunder team. This was a concerning game. The shot-making really wasn't there. I thought Giannis played pretty well. Bryn Forbes, okay as a spot starter. The Brooke Lopez regression continues to be on display. Really just yep, not accomplishing not accomplishing a whole lot out there. I mean, you look at this. The plus minus is noisy. Brooke Lopez in about 20 minutes is minus 11. Bobby Portis plus six in 28 minutes. It's like that. that's becoming a big problem for the Bucs. And I feel like he's just not adding much on either end. And it really kind of ruined a good game from Giannis and a really good Dante DiVincenzo game. Definitely was yeah, good was- to see uh, see Dante get it going there because he even had a slow start to tonight's game. And then finally found his outside shot, was driving to the rim, just seemed to have more confidence because uh, just going off your guys, you and Rohan's tweets and, and listening to you guys, it seems like he's kind of been struggling recently. Is that correct? Yeah, he's been iffy. I, I think the difficult thing is the team slash him kind of sees him as like a point guard. Don't really know if he is a point guard, more of a combo guard to me. So with Drew out, obviously someone has to pick up the load. Chris Middleton's had a couple 10 plus assist games. Obviously didn't see that from Chris and I only had three assists, which is a little bit of a problem. I, I haven't loved how he's played the last couple games, honestly. But Dante is trying to step up and do more of that. The problem is a lot more of a shooting guard than a point guard. Just if you look at how he plays, I mean, a lot of shots taken. Five and seven from three tonight. Yeah. I mean, if he's going to make them like that, I'm okay with it. But he has the ball in his hands that much over 30 minutes, two assists. Yep. He's just, he's shooting, which, I mean, uh, some guys on this Bucks team don't shoot enough. Cough, DJ Augustine, cough. So I guess it is what it is. 
Yeah, I'm kind of surprised. Looking through the box score here, Brent Forbes, 6 of 17. I felt like that guy made every shot he put up. I guess it was just because of that second half. He yeah. kind of caught fire there. But um, I, I also, we mentioned it pre-pod, but I did not know that Giannis had a triple-double until we yeah. got down here uh, and, and checked the box. I didn't know he got the 10 assists. But, man, it, it I'm sure you've gotten used to it, Ty, but just watching that guy play, the fact that it's like one step from half court to the free throw line, that how he can like slither through defenders in the lane is for a guy that size. That's just insane, man. It is. He is. It's stupid. It's just really I, stupid. I'd love to, not to not to to switch from 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 to Thunder from a non from a person that doesn't watch Thunder games every single night. Like when you come into a game like this, what's the real perception? Like how many of these guys? They were in the starting lineup. Have you even heard of or like know what kind of game they have? So I've heard of everyone on the team, at least. And watching Giannis, always going to be fun. Sometimes people are like, what's the point of watching the Bucks? It's all about the playoffs. Watch Giannis, dude. Like, watching yeah, Giannis right, is great. Exactly. Watch Chris Middleton. Like, or Middleton. It's, it's, enjoy yep. basketball. Like, what do you mean, what's the point of watching? Have, have you tried watching the games before? Or do you just tweet? Um, <laughs> I knew of everybody who played. I didn't know a ton about Roby. Um, he had a little bit of a little bit of a when you throw a guy on Giannis like that, it's going to be tough. Um, but definitely knew about Kenny Hustle. Darius Baisley is a guy I've been intrigued with ever since. Kind of did the unique avoid college season thing to get to the draft. He did the internship at was it New, New Balance? Balance. Yep. Yeah, it was a, a clutch move, and I was like, I'm kind of intrigued. His, his body type is interesting, and he looked good in this game. Um, obviously familiar with Al Horford, who it seems like is turning the clock back a little bit lately, mm-hmm. making me feel a little bit better about my preseason prediction that they would get a first-round pick for him eventually. I'm sticking by it. I'm sticking by it. I know, a little rough early, but uh, he turned back. We're looking better. <laughs> yeah, we're looking okay there. But, like, Justin Jackson, you know, I couldn't tell you a lot about his game. I would tell you he's like Kyle Korver 2.0 just from watching this game. I know <laughs> that's not really been the case this season. Um, but Lou Dort was a guy who I was really impressed by. You know, uh, he's known for the defense, right? That's his whole thing. That's why he got up from the two-way deal. But he had that ex- insane shot making in the playoffs. And I don't think he's going to be like, you know, legitimately James Harden, like he looked like in some of those playoff <laughs> games. But like he's got a heavy load, like way heavier than he should. And he's done pretty well. I feel like, I mean, this isn't news to anyone who watches Thunder games a lot, but you can definitely see like long-term peace written all over Dort. So I was impressed by him and just really by the attitude of the team. This is one of those games where what were the Bucks up? Like 13 to one or something crazy. Yeah, early, it was wild. Zero. And that's and one of those like going a 14 0 run at, yeah, exactly. at the end of that first quarter. That's it's nuts. And it's like you, a team like this, you know, it's like well, basically what one vet, one real vet in, oh, I guess two in Muscala and uh, um, Horford. It's easy for a young team like that to kind of lose focus, give up, get off track. A good team in the Bucks, supposedly good, um, didn't really look at after that first run. Um, but I was impressed by the fact that they all fought together and, and played, you know, good basketball and got back in this thing and ended up winning. So, Definitely more impressed with the team than I expected. I like some of the, you know, good role players, but I didn't expect them to play together this well. I would have loved to see George Hill against his oh, yeah. team. <laughs> That's true. I wish he was playing. We were we expecting we like 10 do. threes. Yeah, we yeah. were expecting like 10 made threes. There's clearly some bad blood there, at least on the George Hill side. So I was very ready for a huge George Hill game. I'd, I'd love to ask you about that, Ty. From a Bucks perspective, like George had some uh... – I don't know what the best way to explain it is just some, some choice words about his exit from Milwaukee and, and kind of how, how, how he felt that his time there was done after, 
some of his uh, his comments and and the way he presented himself, kind of as far as being the the architect of the walkout in the bubble and whatnot. Um, is there much talk about that amongst uh, Bucks media and and Bucks Twitter and B- the Bucks fan base? Uh, what what is the feeling for George Hill up there now that he is no longer there? Um, so everybody, I think, was pretty disappointed to see him go in the first place. I mean, nobody wanted to get rid of George Hill. I think I'm lower on George Hill than a lot of people. The the player, not the person, to be clear. Um, but even I was like, oh, it stinks. It's, it does hurt to lose him. It certainly hurts more than it hurts to lost Bledsoe in, in the long run, quite frankly. Um, but, of course, the, the quotes come out. I forget who interviewed him, who he said it to, um, you know, about he thought that was a reason that he was jettisoned from the team. I didn't think that I'm not going to, you know, throw away his perspective. He would obviously know more than me. I'm not having any conversations with Bucks front office people about this stuff. And obviously, you know, he, at least there was a trade call at the very least. Um, But I think like ignoring all potential outside factors, the trade makes a ton of sense as is. And it's kind of just something the Bucks had to do. Like if you can get Drew Holiday and it costs you, you know, George Hill, Sorry, George Hill, fine player, but you have to do it. You just have to do it. So I don't want to, you know, ignore his perspective on it or say it's invalid. I've seen some people, you know, jump on and say that's ridiculous, blah, blah, blah. Who knows? I don't know at the end of the day. I'm not going to sit here and definitively say one way or another if the Bucs did or did not have that in mind. I wouldn't think so. I mean, I think the Bucs have been pretty, you know, accommodating and helpful to players when they want to speak up or do anything along those lines. But I I don't – I'm not going to say 100% certainty – it wasn't like George Hill said. I truly don't know, but I think just basketball sense, the trade makes sense to me. And, you know, at that at that point, I just think it is what it is. And we talked about this with you and Rohan preseason, Ty, but, you know, the whole Giannis situation, promising him that you're going to build a championship contender around him and trying to convince him to sign that contract, that that extension that he did. Um, you have to make moves, like you said, for, for guys like um, for Holiday. Um, and, and they're going to, and like they tried to with, wow, I sent blank. Um, Bogdanovich. Bogdanovich. I could never <laughs> so, forget his name. But honestly, I, I saw this tweet. Somebody tweeted this out. It was like, you know, the 600 uh, stimulus yep. check versus the 2000 stimulus check. And it was uh, uh, Bogdan versus um, Bobby, Bobby Portis. Portis right? And Portis Bob, had a really Bob great 21 points off the bench. Been he's just been really well. good. He's just been really good. Yeah, he's totally bought into his role. You can tell he's just like clearly excited to be on a good team again. Like he talked about. It, it's almost an unfair shot at like the most down, downtrodden org in the league right now. But like playing for the Licks was Knicks. I said Licks. Playing for the Knicks was literally bad for his mental health. Like he was struggling with the games there and everything. So I, I, you can just tell. I mean, all his quotes are great. He's like, I'm excited to be off the bench. I'm excited to play that role and help this team win. Everything you want to hear and everything you want to see on the court. Bobby Portis has been even better than I thought, and I was excited about it. But, um, yeah, I mean, like you mentioned, you do what you got to do. The Bucks, you know, it's you're not gonna get a player like Drew Holiday and give up no players that you know fans or players on the team might like, right? Like you're gonna have to give up some important pieces. It's just how it goes. I guess the Thunder would be maybe the one team who wouldn't because of the 18 picks over the next seven years or whatever. You can't be too attached to those. Um, but it might be a time for another gut check. Like if Brooke Lopez continues to look the way he's looked, we might need to say goodbye to some more friends. And that's so that, just the way it is. That brings me to a question that I want to ask you, Ty, and as well as the rest of the guys from a Thunder standpoint and also a Buck standpoint. Um, as I know all of you guys are pretty much well aware, Thunder have been very shorthanded. The the last, what was it, four, five games now? They've only been playing anywhere from like nine to eight players. Um, and even then, they've been out-rebounding opponents. This isn't the first time this has happened, but tonight they end up out-rebounding the Bucks. 
um, well, I just, there it is, a 60 to 52. Again, with one true center, well, I guess they had, uh, they had a Mascala and Roby who have come and playing some backup center minutes for the team this season, but aren't true centers. And then you have uh, Horford, but even then, like they are, none of those bigs are known for being, uh, being big re- rebounding centers. So I'm kind of curious to your, your point, Ty, uh, how do you feel about the Bucks? Is that something they really need to work on? You know, you mentioned Lopez's struggles, for example. Yeah, I think it is. Um, they've just not been good enough on the glass for a while now. You can just – the worst part about their defense, they're kind of moving away from just base drop. They're doing more switching. You saw it late in this game. Bobby Portis switching on the Lou Dort in the fourth quarter. That's like the weirdest sentence ever, but it was actually pretty impactful in the game. It really slowed down OKC. The last couple of possessions really came down to like Justin Jackson, heat – not heat check, like gut check threes, and he just cans them both. Again, hat tip to him. Great game for Justin Jackson. Um, but so – they keep making mistakes while they're trying to do these new things. So they'll either end up all around the paint, leaving those shooters wide open. And I was so glad at least the last shot Dante did get back out there really quick. That was a nice recovery. That sounds so stupid to have to praise something that simple, but they've been so bad at it. Like I literally watched the replay and I was like, at least he wasn't wide open. Okay. Dante (laughs) got out there, contested it. I can live with that. So I think that's part of the rebounding problem too, is guys just aren't used to being in the positions they're in. They're playing a little bit different on both ends i think it's throwing everyone off like brooke lopez i would assume i don't have the advanced fancy metrics he's got to be way farther from the the rim on an average defensive possession than usual just because they're not just dropping everything like he's switching he's out on the perimeter here and there not all the time they still try to keep him close but i think he is farther and i think that's hurting the glass Giannis had a ton tonight some other guys are gonna have to step up if if Hammy can get 13 boards, <laughs> I think some guys on the Bucks can get more. Shouts to Dante DiVincenzo, who did well. I think Pat needs to grab a little bit more when he's out there, um, especially when nothing else is going well for him, like the first half of this game and the last couple. So, yeah, I think it's something that the Bucks need to step up and do more. You can kind of tell, though, like OKC is like, you know, 10 scrappy 6'7 guys mm-hmm. who are trying to stay in the league, and they're all like, I could use another rebound. I'm going to go get it. They're like, going for that, loose balls. Yeah, and that, going, right, that, right. That's, that kind of hunger is hard to replicate. That's the story of Kenrich Williams, I think, Kenny 100%. Hustle. Speaking of, uh, let's transition, talk about the Thunder for just a second here. Uh, they squeak out the win in a game that mirrored, really, guys, the past three, the two against the Lakers and the one against Denver, where the Thunder build up a double-digit lead, watch it slowly get chipped away, and then get into uh, a really close contest down the stretch. The past three, though, they've come up short tonight. Uh, they end up making the, the, the plays at the end. Uh, to win the game. A couple of people that I really want to talk about. We mentioned Diallo and his three of 16 shooting and just uh, a a bit of a regression game for Diallo. I think Diallo maybe struggled a little bit because he went up up against other guys who are as athletic as he is, specifically in Giannis. That play where Hami drove to the basket and Giannis just jumped with him and took the ball out of his hand. That was incredible. I love that. That was nuts. Yeah. Yeah, I've never seen that before. Yeah, (laughs) He literally just took the ball from a mid-dunk. Like, that it reminded me a little bit like it's not the same play, but you remember like the Jordan uh, and for the wizards, the double hand block off the glass where he just like took it from the guy. It's kind of what that play reminded me of a little bit. Um, But a guy I did want to talk about a guy who Ty mentioned earlier, we've been speaking about the seesaw that Darius Baisley has been on all season, the up and down and up and down and up and down tonight. It has switched again. Baisley, 8 of 13 from the field for 18 points, 5 rebounds, 3 assists, 2 steals. Maybe his most impressive stat, 0 turnovers. There was a stretch there in the fourth quarter that I think 
Baisley's best stretch of the season, maybe his best stretch of his career, dunk, layup, and then and then rebound, drive, and kick uh, for a three pointer. He Justin Jackson, I believe. Yeah, he looked incredibly confident tonight, which is not something that we can say for the the rest of this week against the Lakers and the and the Denver Nuggets. What have you guys seen from Baisley tonight, um, and what do you hope that he can he can learn from that and replicate in the future? Just stop thinking and go. He's he thinks too much. Uh, like like I said, one of the big things I was while I was watching the game was I was thinking, man, I wish Hami played more like Baisley as far as like kind of thinking about what he should be doing right now. And I wish that Bays would be more like Hami and just go because he has the athletic potential to do a lot of different things, as you saw in transition, um, off the bounce, a lot of things. So just think less and just do more, just go. Yeah, I think it's just coming more natural. And it's this almost the same thing as not thinking about it, but when you don't have to think about it, it is natural. I just think that like the the speed of the game with him getting more reps is finally finally coming true with with all the things we thought he could do. True. And I was looking at his stat line again and just two of seven from three. Um, but I think that goes to his confidence, right? Like he, you sometimes can physically see him on the court. Just, I don't want to say moping around, but you can see him visibly frustrated tonight. You saw smiles. And I think that genuinely is important with somebody who relies on confidence so much like Darius Baisley. We've talked about players in the past, uh, in the Thunder's past, like uh, Andre Robertson, <laughs> you know, very much methodical uh, players who rely on confidence. And I, I think we're seeing that with Baisley. It's great to see him be more confident and uh, he just, Again, shooting seven times from the three-point line, even after only hitting two of those, he just he was more confident. He he wasn't he wasn't thinking things through. Um, but I will say he does still hesitate some. Like even that step back three that he had, where he stepped back and crossed up between his legs and pulled up for that three-point shot in the first half, he still kind of hesitated there before he shot the ball. And maybe that's not so much of a hesitation as much much as it is just needing to speed up his shooting motion. But regardless, it's just kind of something to keep an eye on. Uh, but just great to see, like you guys mentioned, that the awesome flash in the third quarter. It kind of felt like, um, or in the second half, it kind of felt like Lou obviously had an incredible first half and then kind of trailed off and basically kind of picked up the slack there uh, into the third quarter to kind of uh, get that keep, maintain that run, um, especially as the Bucks were continuing to hit shots. Yeah, definitely. You guys, I think, have hit it on the head. You know, I he stopped thinking and just started playing. Right. He didn't overthink stuff tonight. And I think if he can get to that consistently, he can be a really good player. He actually posted on social media multiple times since that Denver game, um, you know, quotes and stuff about going through struggles and like keeping up your work ethic and things like that. And he came out and really performed well tonight. One other guy I wanted to talk about um, because he's continued to be incredibly impressive. Al Horford logged 30 minutes tonight, 20 points on 16 shots, only two of seven from three but seven rebounds, nine assists, zero turnovers. Um, now, when you look at Giannis's stat line, it, it's hard to justify this, but I thought he played good defense on Giannis. He's obviously very familiar with Giannis uh, playing in the, in the Eastern Conference so much. I don't know what it is with Thunder players, spouses having children, and then them just playing out of their goddamn minds. Uh, but that's a theme apparently with this team. Schroeder did it. Um, I'm trying to remember who else did it, but, uh, but Al Horford very much doing that now. And we talk all the time about how that contract is a detriment, but the way he's playing makes me wonder if there's a chance he could get traded, uh, within the next month before the trade deadline gets here. Wouldn't be, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't be shocked. I thought it was for sure going to happen before the season. I didn't. I know he's been rocky for a, a portion of it, 
Um, but the way he looked tonight, and listen, he's not going to stand up Giannis, you know, on most of Giannis's drives anymore. Three years ago, he actually was doing that. Like he gave Giannis fits in a playoff series when they, I think they lost to Boston in seven, or maybe he wasn't there yet. And he just played good defense when they beat Boston in five, but either or he was really good on Giannis still at that point, these last couple of years, not as much. Honestly, I thought he looked a lot better in this game than he's looked in a the year. The past couple of seasons. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. When he was in the East, like, it seemed like Giannis really had him figured out. And I don't know. It might have been the new dad strength. I mean, the Bucks have been plagued by this before. New dad, Freddie Van Vliet, with just a series yeah. of a freaking millennium. Shouts to Fred Van Vliet. Uh, at least he got paid. But, man, um, yeah, new dads are always going to do it to the Bucks. I did think he looked good. Um, I did see, just speaking trades, I just wanted to broach this while I was here. Yep. Somebody in the chat said, there we said go. No. I was going to bring it up. <laughs> yeah, Bucks get Horford, Thunder get Lopez, Augustine, DJ Wilson, first-round pick. So Bucks have no first. They can't trade one until draft day. They can trade their 2021 first, but not until like they actually use it in a pick. So they can't do that. And they just could not do a three-for-one trade. They're already at 14, not counting the two-ways roster spots, and hard-capped with almost no money, literally like waiting to be able to sign a 15th player under the hard-cap. So a trade like that, they just can't do. As much as I like Horford, I just don't think there's any possible Bucks fit there. And I really I don't think he's really what they need to add either. So I, I wouldn't bark up that tree as much. Um, but I think there could be – I mean, the Raptors, if you figure out the salary, the Raptors are dying for a center right now. So yeah. if you're looking True. at Andre Drummond, you're probably interested in Al Horford, <laughs> I think, is a pretty good rule of thumb for a center. That's shop. a good point. Well, hey, before we – there's always K Love and Blake Griffin out there too. True. Yeah. Now, Ty, um, just for the Bucks listeners who may be tuning in tonight, what do you think the Bucks do need um, coming? You know, with the trade deadline coming up uh, within the next month, what are you thinking that the, the Bucks should be targeting uh, the, with this upcoming trade deadline? Starting to feel like a ball handler. Um, DJ Augustine's just been a problem. He's just not been good enough. Um, I think he's going to look better again when Drew Holiday comes back. I really just think at this point in his career, this is a guy who was a long-time point guard starter who could handle the ball, create looks more for others than himself, but some for himself too. Just hasn't been able to do either. He cannot be a primary ball handler anymore, which is a little bit of a problem. But, you know, the fully healthy Bucks, you're going to have – usually they do actually, finally, or they're staggering, have, you know, 48 minutes of at least one of Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton. So – in that scenario, DJ Augustine can always theoretically in his minutes be an off-ball player, which he's okay at. He's not not good, but okay. Defensively, it's a big issue. So, like, if they could get a point guard, like, I'm not going to lie. I was watching some Jeremy Lin G League tape today. I was, <laughs> still I was looking good. I was looking like this. I was like, okay, well, give us a call, Jeremy. We got to wait a, little, a couple more weeks, but we could work something out here. Um, but as far as trades, it's just so tough. I mean, if they could flip Brooke Lopez into a player who I would trust to play more in a series, and this is – I mean, I love the way Brooke Lopez looked in the playoffs last year. I still can't believe he's washed, but the tape's not looking good. The tape's not looking good at all. Um, so that would be the one if you can just upgrade him or DJ Augustine and it's someone you trust more on both ends. But I wouldn't – it's hard to blame him if they ride out Brooke, especially because, like, what are you really flipping him for that's going to help more with no first-round picks to attach? You know, so hard for the roster and, and salary cap-wise to make a trade. So it wouldn't surprise me if it was mostly buyouts and, like, a very low impact DJ Wilson trade or something. That's fair. I like it. Guys, do you guys yeah. have any other thoughts about this Thunder Bucks game before we let Ty get out of here? Hey, Justin Jackson again. Another 20 point game. He is uh he's doing things. Was this the <laughs> was he supposed to be a buck? Is that the oh. Jay Jackson? Or is it a different one? Because there was a Jay Jackson hmm. in the failed Bogdanovich trade, right? 
But it can't be him, can it? He came from Dallas. No, because he came from Dallas. And so it's a different one? Oh, it, was it Josh? Was Josh Jackson, Josh, maybe? No, I don't think it was. I don't remember. Maybe I'm just huh. getting the player entirely wrong. I got to pull this <laughs> up. But I, I kept thinking, I was like, is this a revenge game? Is this a failed? Is this a failed trade? Does that even exist? They didn't want me. But they did. Uh, well, we didn't yeah. care about him, but we wanted the trade. Like, yeah, that would have been the it's most uh, unfair revenge game. Uh, he's uh he's been surprising. I think Justin Jackson is um, the poster boy for. Do what? Justin James, by the way, is who it was. Oh, Justin James. Oh yeah, wrong, wrong, Justin James. <laughs> Fair. Um, Justin Jackson is like the poster boy of there's only nine players and somebody's got to score the points type of guy for the Thunder right now. I just, (laughs) you know, there's a reason he was almost out of the league. So, all right. Well, Ty, man, thank you so much for jumping on with us. We appreciate it. For our listeners, if you have not already, make sure you check out the Eurostep podcast. Ty does a phenomenal job, Ty and Rohan. So go give them a follow on Twitter. uh, Listen to their podcast. And Ty, again, thanks so much for coming on, man. Thank you guys so much for having me. It's always a blast, even when the Bucks get <laughs> knocked down by the OKC Thunder. I hope you guys don't get too many wins. Get Cade Cunningham. Get that good tank position. But I'm glad you get a fun night like tonight. Those are important in a season like this. As a Bucks true, fan, true. As a Bucks fan, I know. So I know this is a little new to you guys after the last decade. But good tank luck for you. Good luck with the tank. Thanks for having me. Thanks, hey, Dad. Man, take it easy. Yep. All right, gentlemen. So now that uh, we have talked about the game tonight, uh, let's move on to some of our regularly scheduled podcast stuff. Uh, I wanted us to play a game tonight. We're at about the one-third way through the season, so I figured we could talk about some themes we've been seeing uh, and kind of get your guys' opinion. So we're going to play a game of fact or fiction. And to those of you who are in the chat dropping questions, I promise you we will get to them. So keep them coming. We might. Uh, We're going to burn through fact or fiction, and we will answer some of your questions before we go on to Around the Association. Scouts honor. Uh, I was never a Boy Scout, but I'll still give you the Scouts honor. Did you just give the Hitler salute? No. (laughs) Yeah, that that was it. That was it. I put my right hand up. No, no, we got you. We got you. Calling the police. 911. Scouts honor. (laughs) Uh, he did it twice he did it twice (laughs) i am listeners at home i promise you i am not a nazi all right Uh, factor fiction we are starting with one nick crane nick factor fiction shake gilgis alexander's knee is really injured no that's fiction um (laughs) he's done he's done his standard pregame workout with no restriction for the last three or four days. So uh, all precautionary. It's just, it's just load management. <laughs> load management. That phrase always to... made me feel uncomfortable. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. Shout out Paul Pierce. You want to manage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he couldn't, uh, couldn't that do was it. A poop joke. That was yeah. a poop joke. All right, Taylor. Oh God. This, there this might be the perfect some, one for me. There's some bias in this question already for Taylor. We shouldn't ask Taylor this one. Uh, Hamadou Diallo is a legit NBA bench guy. Fact or fiction? <laughs> so I'm going back to believe it or not. Of course you're but, going fact. But look, I've been joking all this season because last season I was pretty down on Hami, pretty let down after his rookie season when I was all aboard the Hami train. Um, but with that being said, what he – I mean – it's crazy as it sounds that entire, like that, that very beginning of the first quarter where the thunder were just ice cold for the first like five minutes or however long it was. I kept thinking like, 
they need a facilitator in there. They don't have Teo. They don't have Shea. Put in Hami because he's at least going to be able to make something happen. Even when the Bucks were daring the Thunder to shoot, Hami would still be able to get to the rim. Now, the Thunder started knocking down outside shots. and That opened up the paint and opened up the rest of the game for them. But Hami is able to do that. His athleticism is just so elite. And what we've been able, what we've been seeing, what we keep talking about after all these games for over the past two weeks now, it's just uh, how he's been able to kind of hone all that in. Um, he's starting to create for others, find teammates. Um, he's not settling for long contested twos or just, you know, it, even three-pointers for that matter. You know, he, he's and he's finishing around the rim better. Um, he's also knocking down free throws at a better rate than he has. Maybe in, I haven't looked this up, maybe in his entire career, but it's certainly been better this season. So all of that to say, uh, I, Tommy's not going to have this kind of role on any other team than a team like the Thunder this season who are extremely young and uh, are not necessarily looking to, to win a bunch of games. But I absolutely think he could be a guy on, on a contender um, and, and can come in and provide really important minutes. So I'm going to go with fact. All right, very good. I like it. Call me, are you get the third question here? Factor okay. fiction. We've kind of already dove into this one a little bit, but factor fiction. Al Horford, including his contract, has value across the league. That's going to be a big old factual answer because, I mean, like you, you've seen what he can do in in Boston, and then he had that that weird weird experiment in Philadelphia or Philadelphia. Um, and then he's in OKC <laughs> and uh, now he's like, you know, there's been times where he's just like looked really awful. Like, I don't know, but it's not probably his fault. It's just but like the 19 year olds running around a muck on the court. <laughs> uh, and then like, these last few games when OKC's really had to rely on him, like he's shown out. I've been very impressed by Al. I, I think he almost had a triple double tonight, 29 and seven. Like what? Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think, yeah, I think he does have value. Very good. Yeah. I, I mentioned on Twitter tonight, isn't Al Horford like the perfect fit for what Brooklyn needs right now? Oh, just a role player guy who can move the ball, play defense, hit threes. Like I think he would fit so well in Brooklyn. It's just Brooklyn has absolutely nothing to trade anymore. No way to salary match, no assets. Uh, they, they emptied the clip and threw away the gun after they made that hardened trade. Right. So I don't see any way that that Brooklyn could get into it, but and I watched that. I watched the Nets Golden State game last night, and I thought a lot of the images of Harden, of Fat Harden in Houston, were just like bad, like photos that just like from his side. And then I saw him again pregame before they crushed the Dubs, and he was wearing a gray sweats this time because, of course, he's in the Nets, and no, he just looks fat. Yeah, he. He's a chubby also boy. Had, also had 16 assists last night, though. Pretty he impressive. Very Pretty good. impressive. Very good. Nick, fact or fiction, George Hill has played his last game in Oklahoma City. I think it's fiction. Uh, it wouldn't shock me. Like the, the timeline of him returning and the trade deadline kind of restricts when you can trade him. I just think it feels kind of weird, like trading a guy while he's still coming off injury. I don't know. I feel like it's one of those he'd play two games before he gets traded, but weirder things have happened in the league. So he was whenever he had surgery it was four weeks, which would put him back what right before the trade deadline? Is right. that accurate? I think it would be I think he'd it'd give you three weeks to trade him. Okay. Okay. But that also includes however long the the mid season break is, what, seven right. days, ten days, whatever. Right. So right. interesting. So do you think he gets traded by the deadline? Um I think so. I think that I think that if you're looking for a guy that can give you quality production 
and you don't have a ton of flexibility with with your contracts and your cap stuff like he's on a manageable contract is a shit ton of people ten million dollars a year in the league or a couple guys you can put together like it's it's a very tradable contract and he's desired i do and he's non-guaranteed next season there's it's it's kind of partially guaranteed for like a million dollars perfect it's a perfect scenario if if it's a seller's market i mean there's going to be teams contending teams who are are when to go after the george hills so um yeah no i i do think he'll get traded before for the deadline taylor factor fiction this is a little, maybe a little outdated after Baisley's good game tonight. But Baisley's struggles are concerning for his long-term growth. Not at all. Uh, that's fiction for me because um, I think we actually talked about this, or maybe it was Justin who talked about this on the post-game podcast. Baisley's first year in the league, after going an unconventional route to the NBA, where he took an internship, was just basically practicing full-time and didn't play any organized basketball for a year comes into the league. It shut down midway through his rookie year due to COVID. Then he comes back after basically an offseason, plays in the bubble, shows growth and strength, turns around again with COVID restrictions in his second year and is the starting power forward for his franchise. And then he goes from just a guy that like nobody really knew a lot about, just a rookie, to a starting power forward who people are starting to scout, other teams are starting to scout, and he's having to adjust to that. And I think what we're finally starting to see over these past couple of weeks is him adjusting to that, to him actually being a focal point of an offense. And he's really doing better with it each and every game. And again, that was like you said, Jacob, that was just kind of exemplified tonight, kind of peaked tonight. So the key will be to just see Baisley continue to progress and develop. If he can keep up this confidence, continue to be more versatile on the offensive end, um, he's continuing to play really good defense. So uh, I'm really excited to continue to watch his growth throughout the season. But even if he does kind of have a roller coaster of a season this year, I'm not concerned about his long-term growth. I think he'll be just fine. For reference, right before the West Coast road trip, he played his 82nd NBA game. So you can kind of think of this as the first you know, four or five games of his sophomore season. Basically. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. point. I like that. I like that. Kamiar, you get the last one. Fact or fiction, the Thunder are a bottom five team in the league. <laughs> oh, man, that's tough. Um, you gave Kamiar this one? <laughs> we have to go through, like, all the teams. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, like, it, it's tough to say because, I mean, are they a, actually a bottom five team in the league? Probably not with the way they compete every night. Um, sh- roster wise, should they be? Yes, they should. Uh, so like, it's a really confusing, like, like yes, that they, let's say yes, fact that they should be a top, a bottom five team. Like, because like no other, I feel like not many other organizations in the league uh, with what this talent pool has, like look at the Knicks, uh, like that, what this talent pool has, should be competing against the Lakers, taking them to two overtime, both of them to overtimes without Shea and uh, Denver and like without Shea again against the Bucks, who like just, you know, are really, really close to getting NBA t- title. Oklahoma City's getting those games really, really close and to where they can actually win those games. Like last year, we had the same kind of games with Chris Paul and we're like, man, competitive tanking. Isn't that fun? Like you lose the game, but the game is like actually competitive. And then everybody like, you see actual growth from they players. Just, yeah, they just dumped everybody off, you know, most everybody off in the off season. And then we're like, okay, now it's really about to suck this tanking thing. And it's like, no, it's the same stuff. You're just not winning often, but you know, you saw the bucks game just now. Um, it's like, but then you look at teams like the Knicks that have been in hell and like Detroit have been in hell with better players and a better roster that just can't get it done. So, Roster-wise, 
yeah, they should be a bottom five team, but competitive wise, I, I think it's the culture uh, that they're, they are more than a bottom five. Definitely. I like it. I like it. All right, guys. Before Take we, it. before we move on, um, can I ask the group a question? I've been thinking about this a lot the last couple of games. Let's see, I feel like I'm in, I'm in class and you're a student asking me a can question. Can I ask a question? No, I yeah. just, um, how many Diallo is going to have to get paid fairly soon? What type of contract are you comfortable signing him to? What is he worth right now? That's really hard. And I cannot get to an answer. Oh man, nine mil That's... over three years. Take it or leave it. <laughs> like nine mil a season? No, nine mil over three years, meaning like three mil per year. Oh, see, Take I it think leave it. like three year twenty-seven. To getting like three twenty-seven. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I think that's, he's. I think a eight to ten million a year for Hami is probably worth going to land. Organization just they really like Hami Diallo, and they have a lot of money to spend <laughs> coming up. Like even with Shays, everything we hear, the, the front office and the coaching staff gush over him. Exactly, yeah, they, they love everything. I think about the Thunder Satima does it. I could see either yeah the the three three mil. I'm sorry, three years twenty seven mil, or I could see if if they want to do a shorter deal like a two year twenty. Yeah. That's kind that of what I've been thinking about. It's it's weird to think he's been so young for so long, and now he's finally yeah. about to get his payday. And with this all that is, being said, uh, this I mean, is also can... the team that gave Kyle Singler a five year deal. Don't forget. <laughs> True. So. If they if OKC signs him for anything near like nine million after this cap is definitely not going up, I'm going to lose my mind. <laughs> well, you also have to you're going to pay him like, nine to ten mil. Would they? You? I think next season they have like sixty million. I was going to say it's ridiculous. Money guaranteed days. dollars. And the the floor is at like what eighty five or something like that. Yeah. Like they have to dish out money somewhere. Right. Uh, so this is this is not a means of he deserves this ten million. It's a means <laughs> of we need to meet the salary cap floor. Is that like where the conversation <laughs> is going? And, and we want to keep. It might money. be. Yeah. It might be. Yeah. Ugh. I think that's a fascinating question. Like, though, Nick. who would you rather? Who would you rather have? Corey Brewer from like four years ago, or or Hamadou Diallo this year? Diallo. Diallo. Oh, right. Diallo. I, think, I think I think Diallo definitely. Especially Diallo's with, the answer. But like moving forward, what is Diallo's career like in the NBA? Is he just the high that's energy the interesting guy? Part. And as yeah, his team I, rebuilds, like where does he actually fit? Yeah, I think it's no it's clue. fascinating. You know, I have no yeah, I have no clue where it lands. He's fun. He's a fun player. He's fun to watch, especially when he's like helping the team tank or it's like detonating on dunks. He's really fun, but I don't know long term where where he even fits. If like yeah. okay, so he ends up getting like Cade Cunningham. I don't want to I don't want to linger on this next question long. Um, but Nick has taken us down the rabbit hole, so I'm going to keep digging. Just real fast, just throw out a number. If Lou Dort was a free agent this summer, what is what is the deal he gets? 45 like, over three years. 45 over how long? Three. three I think he get a four four year deal, four maybe even five, um, where he's getting paid. I, I think about 15 a year is probably yeah. yeah. I was going right to say money, 13. Though. Yeah, so probably yeah. Really. I th- I think he would get about thirteen to fifteen a year. I've got no I've got no doubt he would get that, especially would, uh, in this market. He would. I think he'd get paid. I, I think, think he so. would get paid. All right. Well, we're gonna do uh, our customary weekly tank meter, and then we'll get to the questions in the chat before we go to around the association. Um, I've been snowed in <laughs> and out of work for uh, for most of this week, and so. He made it, was time to make, it was time to make the tank meter sounder. So, folks, 
I swear to God, if it's not King of the Hill, because he messed with propane tanks, I'm going to lose my mind. <laughs> Here's the tank meter sounder. Here we go. Loser! You're a loser! And that means that the number one pick in the NBA draft goes to... I did get some King of the Hill on there. That is oh, awesome. man. I'm so glad our brains are like connected still. That's fantastic. There's a, there's a tank. There's some prices right. There's some King of the Hill. I went all over the place, man. He had Hank Hill saying, loser. You're a loser. That's good Not stuff. Not only did Hank, Hank Hill said that to his wife, mind yeah. you. Yeah. I, I applaud you for that one. That's I'm happy so, with that. The Thunder currently uh, tied with one, two, three, four, five other teams for the seventh worst record in the league right now. Coincidentally enough, two of those other teams, the Thunder own uh, their draft pick or a swap. The Thunder, Houston, Miami, Atlanta, New Orleans, all at the seventh worst record in the league at 11 and 15. Um, So the Thunder would get two of those picks. The Golden State pick is currently at pick number 19, so the Thunder would not get that. Instead, they would get uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves second round pick, which would be pick number 31. So guys, on a scale of the tank being full, meaning that uh, they are full-blown tank, to the meter being empty, meaning they are running out of gas, the tank is off, and they're pushing for the playoffs. This week, where's the tank at? After tonight, I think they only have like a quarter of the tank left right now, right? Like they've looked very, very competitive over the past week. The tank's outside of Taylor's window. <laughs> For some reason, Look, Taylor has his mic off to the side. So whenever we <laughs> no, live there's stream, a reason. Just- so I am, uh, Sean's, Sean's watching this second show. Um, I have this here. What is uh, that? At home studio. <laughs> what is that? Yeah, home <laughs> because studio. this stinking office, like the office room, wherever I'm podcasting no. in, is so echoey. And so I got no. this at-home office. I can actually podcast in here and not have to podcast. No, we know what that is. <laughs> you're sticking your head in a box. Yeah, you stick your, it's like that's the where NFL, you go. like here says, like the NFL. Yeah, the, yeah, the refs. They go and review the play. That's also where you hide. That's you know over there watching Pornhub, so like Summer doesn't hear it. <laughs> so you got to put it in that like silent box, you know. <laughs> uh, Everybody knows. Hear no evil, see no evil. Okay, yeah. okay so t- Taylor has the tank. Almost all the way empty, uh, saying they're being competitive. Nick, where do you got it at? I'm, I'm right 50-50 in the middle because I think that there are small things you do throughout the game. Not that it's too tank, but maybe you're more comfortable playing guys more minutes that maybe you shouldn't when you're trying to be competitive. Like uh, Justin Jackson. Like, who goes like, four, like, four from three. Or like Kenrich Williams, who, le- who was leading the team in minutes going into the fourth quarter. Like Little things like that. I think that if you were really trying to be ultra-competitive, those two games against the Lakers, Shea's playing. Your best guys are playing more minutes, and you maybe pull out the win if you don't give up a lead. So I think you're not fully tanking, but you're also not winning a bunch of games. You're kind of somewhere in the middle. We're going to give every guy opportunity and just see what happens. I've been low-key really frustrated, with, especially with this past week, because like you want to see like anybody that's watching these games, they want to see Shea play. I mean – He's the crown jewel of this team. Uh, you really look forward to like what he does every time he goes out and plays. He's always really pretty smooth. You want to see uh, the next steps he takes on his on his NBA career. And so he hasn't been playing. But OKC, okay, they're still like almost beating the best team in the world, and they're almost beating like and they do beat the Bucks. And so like it's me, it's a little bit frustrating. It's just like if Shea would have played, 
they may, might have won one of those Lakers games and probably would have it as you guys just suggested. So, I mean, I, I feel like the tank is like, I mean, like I think they should tank. That was a question in the, in the oh, yeah, chat not that long ago. I think they should tank. Um, and I think that that's a point in which the coaching staff is cool with getting dudes like, I don't know, Kenrich Williams, who would normally never get looks uh, on regular regular rosters. I mean, I think that's why they're going to do that, like you just said. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, they're like eh, 25% full because they're being super competitive. Yeah, I like them. Yeah, is, they, that the, uh, is that just the Thunder brand, though, is play defense and be competitive, especially with well, like young that guys? That is one thing, especially this season. Um, Justin Jackson was being interviewed, what was it, post-game, and one day and he was asked about the defense. Like, well, you know, what is leading to you guys playing stellar defense over the past couple of games against elite teams or past couple of weeks? And he mentioned the coaching was the first thing he brought up and the system that they have in place. And I think we're seeing that. We've mentioned this before, even when they're at full strength, no matter what rotation or what players are in, in the lineup or whatever lineup is in the game, um, that those defensive um, foundations that, that Dick yeah. and the coaching staff has built, you know, it, it it's throughout the entire team and it's really impressive. It's like thunder you all over again, just you it know, is, like 12 definitely. years later. Yeah. This team works their ass off. It's impressive. So it's a impressive. couple more chat questions for you guys before we move on to ground association. Um, both silver and Sean asked about Darius Miller and trading him. Um, silver asked, is he going to be a piece going further since he is already 26? And uh, Sean just He's wants to know if he can be traded. That's a that's a noteworthy point. He's actually thirty. He's not twenty six. Oh. He's twenty six. I I think it'd be awesome to keep him around, but he's thirty. I don't I don't see him as a long term piece. I don't see anybody trading for him either, though. I think yeah. he's just a guy to fill a roster spot and eventually expire. Coming off the Achilles, yep. I agree. Yep. So we we already talked. Uh, Jake Andrews had a couple of questions for us, and we already talked about Hami, how we see him fitting with this this team moving forward, this organization moving forward. But he did ask where uh or what we believe we can get in return for horford and then sam uh sam the man asked is it worth just buying out horford to increase the chance of getting a better pick should you buy out horford do you keep him around do you trade him basically is, is the the kind of the combination of the questions there yeah they won't buy him out it's too much money uh for the the amount of years he has left uh, i don't think a buyout is going to happen now the return on a trade is fascinating. Can you get a protected first for him? Are you looking at more like a second or a couple of seconds and some salary filler? I think the value in trading Horford is it probably makes your pick better. Now, here's an interesting thought. It's been reported that the Rockets are apparently wanting something around three second round picks for um, PJ Tucker. Does Al Horford have similar trade value as PJ Tucker? No, or not quite as high. No, I, I don't I, think I, as high. Because of the contract and also Nick, the you think higher versatility. Okay. Ask me this question preseason. I think PJ Tucker is much higher contract. Everything PJ Tucker has been horrendous this season. Offensively. Like, like it's a bad situation worst, for him though. Worst in the <laughs> NBA in history and points per possession in history. He's been very bad and also very unhappy. Like, mm -hmm. not, yeah. not good. See, I, I wonder if the, the change of, the way that offense runs and and his uh, being unhappy and stuff has maybe bled over into his performance. And if he got into a new a new scenario, it would be better for him. Um, but at his age, you don't. I don't think you overpay hoping a new situation. It's, it's if, he, yeah. if he was a twenty five year old, like new situation. These how old is he now? Thirty six. Thirty six years old. Yeah. Yeah, he's the same age as Horford. I think. Yeah, that's crazy. Crazy yeah. to think about. Obviously, his contract's more manageable, but I think Horford by a mile has been a more productive, more efficient, more valuable player this season. 
Yeah. Taylor, any more questions in the chat? So we have two more really quick. Um, this one's probably pretty quick. Do you guys believe that we that the Thunder would have won these past few games if it, SGA would have played? And I guess tonight they did win. Um, so, yeah. I'll say one more. Yeah, I think that's fair. probably fair. Fair. And is Dort going to be as good as Ben Simmons defensively? Simmons has more tools to do better. Uh, because just point. by sheer athleticism and like his body type and size, uh, yeah. But Dort, I mean, like the accolades and the, the the comments he draws from dudes like Donovan Mitchell and and uh, Damian Lillard and all the other guys um, makes you think differently sometimes. Yeah, I think they're uh, different defenders. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I know the video has been played like a million times, but that LeBron. possession on LeBron, that is. I don't think people are going to watch that and say, oh my God, he's a great defender. But I think people watch that clip and then say, oh, I'm interested in seeing more of this guy. Right. And that's what kind of opens the window to him getting some love for like that maybe first or second team all defense type of thing. True. And his contract is terrible. He's going to hate that thing next year. <laughs> How many? What's. We can probably look this up, look this up online. Uh, We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. They're offline, sorry. Um, who's the youngest defensive player of the year ever? Ooh, that's a good question. Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. I'm not saying Dort's a defensive player of the year this year anytime soon, but it'd be interesting to see like at least the, like the guy that that won it at his youngest, like how he looked early on, how he progressed as a defender. Yeah. Be curious. Any, uh, any more questions from the chat, Taylor? That's it. Good stuff. All right. Well, let's get on around the association. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. I don't even know where you're sitting at. But... <laughs>
Nick, to answer your question, I just Googled it. I think it's Dwight Howard at 23. Yeah, yep, I just Googled too. That's right. He was really good. People that are like just not getting an NBA that look at Dwight Howard don't realize how freaking dominant he was. When he, he was, was insane. Yeah, as Orlando him in Orlando? Was, holy crap. It was just Dwight and a bunch of shooters. That offense was really ahead of its time back then. All right, around the association, like I mentioned, guys, we're about a third of the way through the season. So I wanted to go back and revisit uh, our predictions for end-of-season accolades. So now that we're a third of the way through the season, let's go back. Uh, let's look at each of these end-of-season accolades and a few other things and make updated predictions. So we'll just roundtable this and go uh, fairly quick because this podcast is is pushing along close to an hour now. Nick, a third of the way through the year, who is the NBA's MVP? I don't think it's sustainable, but right now if the season ended, Joel Embiid. That was my same exact answer, yeah. He's been freaking good. If I had to predict who it will be, I would say LeBron, but right now uh, Embiid, what was it? He he scored 25-plus points in 10 consecutive games, which is just the fourth 76er to ever do that. I've got Jokic and LeBron. Jokic has also been ridiculous. Yep. True. They've they've all been good. Um don't think it's a hot take. LeBron hasn't won enough MVPs in his career. That's no, not yeah, a hot take. True. I think I think there was a lot of uh voter fatigue. And with with Anthony Davis being hurt quite a bit this year and just about five minutes ago walked off the court limping into the locker room. If LeBron can get them to a number one seed without AD playing a bunch of time, that's just even better for his case. Yep, totally agree. Uh, Taylor, third of the way into the season, who is the defensive player of the year so far? This one's really tough. I don't really even have stats or anything to back this one up right now, just because for time's sake. But I've been following along with Ben Simmons, and I think he really is having a fantastic defensive year. Now, I know Gobert probably is another player you could probably uh, throw in there. Um, some people even have him like the top 10 of MVP. MVP discussion. A lot of that is based off of his defense, but I've got to go with Ben Simmons on this one. I like it. Could easily like go. It. Could easily go and beat here again. I'm going to go with a guy that's off the beaten path. His team's not great defensively, but he has not just. It's not just. It's not just a numbers thing when it comes to this award. But his numbers are the best by a mile. Miles Turner. His block numbers are insane. His steal numbers are really really good. Like his. That's his a good one. Deflection. The Pacers have been good. I mean, everything he's doing defensively is absurd. Yep, I'm into it. Kamiar, third of the way through the season. Who do you think should be sixth man of the year? He plays for the team that's number one in the West. My preseason pick, I'm just reminding you right now. Jordan Clarkson is 100% odds on favorite right now to get sixth man of the year. He's, uh, He's been lighting it up, man. He has been lighting it up. Utah did not expect this from Utah. 22 and five. Very impressive. Uh, 17 of their last 18 have been wins or 18 of their last 19. Something 18 like that. 18 out of 19. It's, it's impressive. It's impressive. Nick, who is the most improved player? Ooh, a third this looks of the way so the tough. Year. He played in Oklahoma City. His name is Jeremy Grant. JG. I think that Christian Wood just because of who he is and his story probably would have been the the sexiest candidate for voters. But with him missing a bunch of time, I think it's Jeremy's to lose. I mean, his numbers have been absurd. He's 
literally playing as a number one option on the NBA team and, and thriving at it. It's awesome to see every year Jeremy has progressed, right? Every year he has just gotten better and better and better. Uh, and then this year really taking the leap uh, to the next level. So five 30 point games in the year, 2021. That's <laughs> He's insane, crazy. He, I, I mean, I think a lot of people doubted if he could do it. Probably throw me on that list too. Yeah, no, me, me as well. Yeah, and and he's he's been incredibly impressive. Yeah. When he got he that bet on himself. Year, when he got that twenty mil a year, I was like, Ooh, it's kind of a stout number for a guy that's going to be a really really good role player. And now I'm like, wow, he's an all star for twenty mil a year. He used to play backup center for the Thunder. Yeah, just want you guys to remember that. He also couldn't finish a layup his first year. Uh, in OKC, and he's just his only, his only Car- highlights on YouTube were dunks. That's all. That's all he could do. Yeah. Remember when Carmelo got upset when they would play JG over him in OKC? Yeah. <laughs> what a, really what a season through, that was! Through the temper tantrum in the Jazz series. Yeah. Taylor, who is the rookie of the year, third of the way into the season? So, like two weeks ago, I thought this was really close. But this number one has made quite made quite a bit of headway ever since he's been in the starting lineup, really. And that's Lamelo Ball. And I love Tyrese Halliburton. He is probably my favorite rookie. But Lamelo's averaging twenty three point five points per game, seven assists per game, five rebounds per game, on forty eight point four percent from three. Obviously, you see the highlight passes and dimes that he makes. And then his team also has a one hundred nine point seven net rating when he's on the court compared to one hundred seven point three when he's off, which isn't a huge difference. But it's been a pretty a significant um, boost to that team with him being in the starting lineup. The it, the almost of the Rockets goodness the Hornets. <laughs> I've been playing much better, um, and I think it's just Lomelo's to lose at this point. But Tyrese has to be right there at number two. I don't understand like this whole like, M- like NBA lifestyle of you earn it. You need to earn your playing time when it's clear that Melo was the True. best player on that team as soon as he got there. Like mm-hmm. just it, it's not college. You don't have to earn like your stripes. Just put the best players on the floor. Let them go to work. Yep. Yep. No, I'm with you. Uh, Lamelo has been incredible, but yeah, I love Tyrese Halliburton. What a fun player. He's uh He's real good. He's real good. He, he can right. la- wrap his arms around the entire world. Those things are so long. <laughs> so true. He's like a free safety commuter. It's weird, man. All right. To the group. A third of the way through the season, what is your Western Conference Finals prediction? What, what's the two teams in the Western Conference Finals going to be? Denver and Lakers. Ooh. Anybody disagree with that? I'm sure they will. I mean... Yeah. If we're going off of right now, it, Jazz and Lakers, but I think it's still going to be Clippers Lakers. I think we're finally going to get the battle for LA, but I really like this Jazz team. I genuinely do. Would not be disappointed. I'm taking if they Jazz Lakers too. Okay. I'm going, I'm going both LAs as well. Yeah, sir. Nice. Okay. I think I picked both. I think I think a lot of us picked both LAs in uh, preseason. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Same question for the Eastern Conference. Ooh. What two teams are going to be in the Eastern Conference Finals? so here's the thing here's the thing with the bucks they have two great like last year historical uh regular seasons and then just fall apart in the playoffs i just have this feeling not even like stat base it's just i have this feeling i think they're going to turn it out on the playoffs i think we're going to get bucks versus nets in the eastern conference finals and unfortunately the sixers who have been great aren't going to make it there agreed Give me the Sixers and give me the Nets. I think the Bucks are just going to choke this year. And um, 
of course, I don't think the Nets are going to get any further, but I really like Doc and what he's doing with the Sixers. I'm with Calmier. I have Sixers and Nets as well. Yeah. Sean has Celtics butts. That's interesting. I like that. Yeah, Celtics are struggling a bit. <laughs> they're very, they, okay. they got, they're getting their butts kicked by the Wiz today. They did. Yeah. And who, them play good. So now taking the next step, a third of the way through the season, who do we have in the NBA finals? I'm going Nets Lakers. LeBron KD. Yeah. I'm going Sixers Lakers because mm-hmm. the Nets can't play defense. Fair. So I like, like Sixers, Lakers you can't as well. You can't outscore the Nets four out of seven games. I don't know if you can. Yeah. I don't know. I bet you could. Especially I, I think it'd be a really so. fun matchup. And my, my thing is in that Eastern Conference Finals, like, yeah, the Nets will score a lot of points, but they have nobody to deal with Joel Embiid. Absolutely nobody. No one does. Like, do you, um, well, some teams like at least have a fighting chance. Like Steven Adams can do decent against him. Rudy Gobert, um, Anthony Davis, but DeAndre Jordan, like by game three, just go dig a goddamn hole and put him <laughs> in it because he's going to be dead. You know? Jeez. They need a big, really bad. All right. Who is your NBA champion this season? Lake Show. Lakers. I'm going Lakers. Yeah. I'm going Lakers. <laughs> what about Hard. Coach of the Year? That's interesting. That's a good one. Um, Got to be Quinn, huh? Oh, yeah. That's a, that's a good choice. Good. Quinn, Doc, Doc is, is right an interesting there. I was going to say Monty with the Suns. That's also a good one. The Suns have been really impressive over the past what, been two fun. weeks now. Really, Mark really Dayton. fun. Like that team. That team's <laughs> going to be fun in the playoffs. With I mean, you have D Book, uh, CP3, Bridges, uh, Aiton, and uh, Crowder. They're going to be a fun team to watch in the playoffs. They have some uh, some interesting pieces on that team. Yeah, I think they're going to be a, a tough out in the playoffs for sure. All right, guys. Well, that's all I got. You have anything else that we uh, that we need to talk about before we get off the podcast? Uh, this weather sucks. We can talk about <laughs> I, that. I wanted to take out the trash earlier, and like the <laughs> snow went up to like halfway up yeah, my man. shin. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I'm very unhappy with with it right now. It's okay though. I've got a final thought. All right. Next four: Blazers, Grizzlies, Bucks, Cavs. What are they going? Ooh, I could see two and two as much as I could see three and one. I'm going two and two. The Bucks will get revenge. They'll drop another one of those. Um, maybe it's to to Portland. They've already beat Portland once. Maybe Portland comes in here. Portland's playing a little bit better. Um, and uh, so maybe they lose that Portland game. And then the other two were against the Cavs and who? Sorry, the window jokes in the chat are... are, are <laughs> um Blazers, Grizzlies, Bucks, Cavs. I'm going one and three. One and three. Yeah, I would yeah. I would like one and three because I'm team tank. But like, man. the thing is, like the thing is is this like I can't tell because there's they should <laughs> no go shit, right? 0 and four. They should go one and three. <laughs> but like that, they as don't. we've seen yeah. the third through the season, that's not the case that has been happening. They're actually blowing out these teams early and just forgetting that there's a fourth quarter, apparently. And yeah. so like they like it's uh I hate it. It's I <laughs> want some consistency, man. The other thing to think too is Shea and Tao are coming back, which obviously yeah. will be coming back. I would assume at some point this week that obviously makes the Thunder a better team. But does that kind of throw off what this like current group of nine guys have going right now? That's something to That's keep an eye on yeah. as well. I, I, I want to be, be surprised to see Al Horford get rested a little yeah, bit coming true. up. Um, I'll I'll tell you what I want from this week. 
if they go zero and four, like I don't care because that betters the lottery position. I just want to see Shea outduel John Morant. Ooh, yeah, I was like, going to see that. I want and that to happen. I, I love Jaw, <laughs> but I want to see if, if they went one and three. I want them to win the Memphis game, and I want Shea to have like a a thirty ten and ten night and just take it to Jaw all night long. Good luck. I know Jaw's been really good. And then the uh, we'll get to see the Baisley Brandon Clark matchup. I think Baisley dominates Brandon Clark. Brandon Clark's been bad this year. Been pretty it's bad. been really weird. Sophomore slump. His jump shot looks ugly. I don't know what the hell they did to it, but it looks ugly. Yeah. All right, let's get out of here. Hey, if you guys join us live tonight, man, thank you so much. We always enjoy chatting with you guys. Uh, so make sure next Sunday you make plans. Join us 9 p.m. Central Time. Now these past two Sundays have been a little bit weird. This one coming post game and on Valentine's Day last Sunday, obviously with the Super Bowl. But every Sunday, 9 p.m., we will be here. If you're listening to the podcast version, man, thank you so much. Please drop a five-star rating. Wherever you listen to your pods, that means a ton to us. Helps other people see the podcast as well. While talking about podcasts, go check out Ty's podcast, our guest from today, the Eurostep podcast, G-Y-R-O, Step, part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. They're a Milwaukee Bucks pod, and they are great at what they do. So go give them a follow. Check them out. It's a, it's a great listen. We will be back with you guys again Tuesday night as the Thunder take on the Portland Trailblazers. So make sure that you're subscribed to wherever you get your podcast from to the uncontested. Follow us on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, or social media of choice. If you're in Oklahoma, stay warm. We'll talk to you soon. As always, Thunder up. Get really into your favorite shows and movies all in one place with Flex, a 4K streaming box you get free with Xfinity Internet. Find what you want with your voice on Netflix, Hulu, Disney Plus, and more. No more jumping in and out of apps. And get Peacock Premium at no additional cost. It's a way better way to watch. Learn more at Xfinity.com slash Flex. Restrictions apply requires postpaid Xfinity Internet excluding Internet Essentials, one device included. Subscriptions required to access streaming services. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.